With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Doc Wesson, and in this episode of the Gun Nation... Paul's on a radio program that gets a surprise caller. Guess who? Average Joe reviews a brand new SIG. And Ian discusses something that got a real big boom. All that and a whole lot more on this episode of the Gun Nation. It all begins right now. Well, it's going to be a short show tonight because Grant's not here. <laughs> <laughs> got Joe, got Paul. Present and accounted for. Yeah, Ian's supposed to be hey. here, but Ian, I don't know what he's doing, man. Paul is speaking on a brand new microphone. Paul, won't you tell Good us what evening, that is? Good evening, everyone. This is uh, some really fancy microphone I've got here. It is a Electrovoice RE20, very highly revered microphone in studios all across America and the world. And I'm excited to be coming to you directly from it today. And it's OD Green. It's a tactical microphone. OD Green. It is. Awesome. Who Mine's gun I would have paid gray. an extra six bucks. Gunmetal gray. That's pretty cool. You need Goodness. camo. Camo. Or um the digital camo, you know? That would be cool. That would be awesomeness right there. We'll see what we can do. I have to say, it really would be. It really would be. But uh yeah, Grant's you know, not here, so you know. As Paul said, yeah, it's gonna be a real short show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, mm, yes. But uh, you know, uh you guys doing all right? Uh Doing okay, yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, Joe, I ain't talked cool. to you in a while. How's things at the gun store? G- going great. Um, going great. I would just ask people on behalf of gun shops throughout the country, stop calling us to see if we have a Glock 43. <laughs> Do you have one? <laughs> no. Do you have any mags, spare mags, though? Holsters for Glock 43? Holsters for Glock 43? No. Pictures, maybe? Pictures we can ammo, get you. yeah, ammo, ammo for the Glock forty three. <laughs> yeah, because it shoots that special nine uh, millimeter GAP. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the Glock forty two that shoots the nine millimeter gap. <laughs> Let's right. get that rumor started. Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, Ian's supposed to be here. He was going to. Uh, he must have had something happen. So hopefully he'll pop in here if he does. He does. If he doesn't, then you know it'll just be even shorter, even shorter. But yes. Um, we will definitely uh, be picking on Grant tonight. 
Not that. Hey, we don't. We do it in front of his face. So this is just normal stuff, right? And it's because no we idea. care. We, we yes. do care. It, yes, it's. Uh, and besides, it, it Grant, is. you know they're so fun at that age. You know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. So Paul, you got the. What are you doing, man? You got the studio thing. So so you know we kid back and forth. But what, what's going on? Is there something in particular that you're doing there, or? Well, I, I, you know, I'm trying to get back to the Safety Solutions Academy podcast, yeah. make it more regular, you know, trying to, trying to get that out. I'm trying to improve sound quality. I'm not in the sound booth tonight. I'm getting new interwebs tomorrow night, mm. which I'm, I'm really excited about. What, what so kind we'll of interwebs are you getting there? Right now, we have a hamster in a wheel. Yeah, okay. And there's copper wire around the wheel and some oh. magnets in the oh, middle. Oh, I thought it would be around the hamsters. Yes, could have been, yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, so, you know, I should get blazing fast two megs up starting tomorrow. That's the upgrade. Woo, look out. You're, mm. So hopefully, uh, you know, things will be going better. But I'm not even at home right now. Mm. Um, you know, I had to relocate to get enough uh, juice to, to talk to you. But folks. you took, you but took your, trying to, you took your mic with you. Yeah. Yeah, oh, good. Brought the mic. Brought the mic. Because like I'm it. committed to <laughs> the gun nation. It's really... You know where where it is that my heart is. With exactly, you, Godfather. It's it's quality podcastage. Speaking nice. speaking of, you know, Paul, you were recently on. Uh, you know, you guys take off all the time uh, and do things. You know, uh, outside of, of the gun nation, and uh, you know, recently I, you were you were on a radio station. <clears throat> I guess is in, in Kent, Ohio, correct or? Yeah, in the in the Akron Kent uh, market. Yeah, I think that's what they say in the market. In the market, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and um, you had a very good. I, you know, I got to listen to it. You had a good caller mm-hmm. to call mm-hmm. in, and and I just happened to have that uh, with me right here. Would you like to hear? Oh, I'd love to hear. Oh, it. yes, yeah. l- l- listen. Uh, yes, uh, I've got a question. Uh, two questions for Paul. Okay. Uh, the first one is: What do you think of thumb safeties for concealed carry pistols? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it's a question that we've talked about on the Gun Nation podcast. Uh, it's a great podcast that I'm a guest on each week, and uh, I, I'd say the 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 Godfather of gun podcasting, Doc Wesson, um, is is really responsible for helping us to bring that kind of information out. Here's what it comes down to: when it comes to a, a thumb safety, I'm not particularly a fan. I want a handgun that is going to be efficient to operate. That means not a lot of extraneous controls, not a lot of complex complexity. I want something that's going to work every time that I need it to work. And what I've seen in training classes, in competition, again and again, under the stress of just training, under the stress of just competition, folks fail to disengage the safety and are unable to fire their gun when they want to in class. And, and there's some guns... That with the safety on, everything else in that gun works exactly the same, and you don't know absolutely that it's not. We always, we always say that a gun that doesn't have a safety is better because well, no matter how stressful the situation is, they always remember the trigger lets the bullets out. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's our finger that activates the firearm. And some of yeah. the some of the guns up. Turns it on, down, turns it on. And if you got multiple guns, it could be very well, good. And then they have some that are colored red and some that are colored white and some all this. If I can't figure out by the red and white button whether my coffee pot is on or not, I don't want to have to have a gun that I have to stop and think about which color means what. 
That's exactly so, right. And you may need to use your firearm before you have that cup of coffee. And it's hard to figure that stuff out. The mental part of this is the it's, hard part. It's another. I know. I know periodically I sound like an oaf because it's like that's another one of those things that it's like, okay, I don't know the C words for the towns and I don't know whether the red or the white button means the coffee pot's going to make coffee. <laughs> so you had another question for him or was that it? Uh, no, one more. Okay. Um, what, what would Paul consider to be the best caliper? Uh, in a pistol. Yeah, Paul. That's, yes. that's, that's a great question. Uh, my preference today in 2015 is the 9mm. You know, it's it's very easy to get caught up in size or in speed or in mass or in a lot of the other factors. But the fact of the matter is, is that when we look at 9mm through 45 and just about everything in between, one round of 9mm is going to do about the same amount of damage as one round of 45 from a medical standpoint. And so I want a gun and a caliber that is going to allow me to shoot rapidly. It's going to allow me to get the hits I need to get quickly. If I can put five 9mm bullets into a threat in the amount of time that I can put three 45s, remember, they do the same amount of damage. I was a math teacher. Five is bigger than three. Nine millimeter wins. <laughs> so, and, and I think one of the things is, is that as we've gotten, we've really modified and changed a lot in ammunition. And so no matter what, good quality ammunition is truly the key in selecting what you're going to carry. We had that thing that they had. A report? That report. Yeah, that was a report. It would be it would be a document like point, that actually had data on it. Three rounds of ammunition was what they said it took, no matter whether it was a twenty two or a forty four magnum or they said that it, they went through tons of different data and it took two point three rounds to stop. So which the, means you want something a little bigger than a derringer because you need more than two because you gotta get to the point three. <laughs> But, I mean, there's some people who can't shoot a larger gun, and so a twenty two is the best gun for them because it's the only gun that they'll have. Oh. Oh. But, on the other hand, if you've got an opportunity between that and something larger, you want it. But if you go so large that you won't have the gun with you because it's big or it's bulky or it's I left awkward, it in the car because it kept poking me. It kept yeah. pulling my pants down. Absolutely. And this goes back to that holster conversation we had at the beginning. It's got to be comfortable. It's got to fit you. It's got to be able to be concealed. And it needs to be a gun that you're comfortable and confident in. And, you know, you brought up the idea of important or quality ammunition. Again, that's why I said 2015. If this was 1986, I wouldn't be recommending 9mm. But today, with heavy for caliber, like 147 grain, bonded hollow point ammunition for a 9mm, something like Federal uh, Tactical Bonded Winchester PDX-1, um, Spear Gold Dots, any of those rounds are going to perform outstandingly and really do a good job. I'm telling you, it's it's actually really cool. If you've ever seen some of the some of those bullets expanded, there's actually a company out that makes flower arrangements with mm-hmm. the expanded bullets because they're so pretty. Oh. As, as crazy as that is, you get these tiny little silver or gold flower arrangements mm. that are all kind of soldered or welded together, and it's like, okay, oh yeah, you, you're just a little <laughs> over the line, I think maybe, but okay, it's fun. <laughs> so you got anything else for him? Yep. Well, I'd just like to say Wait thank for you it. for your show. I'm enjoying it, and I, I really is. think that Paul is a very intelligent guy. And what was that podcast that you mentioned? <laughs> okay, Paul, is night? this like your your father, your brother, or your... your... It's actually my wife. Uh, so she, she sounds uh, sounds a little crazy, but you know, <laughs> the, the, I've got a couple of podcasts I participate in. Safety Solutions Academy is my podcast, and then I'm lucky enough to be a guest on the Gun Nation, uh, which Doc Wesson is the host of. And there's a whole gaggle of us that uh, that are pretty loyal to Doc and, and do a lot of good work with him. 
So we're trying to do a really good job of, of sharing his information. So if you've got your cousin Earl that's calling next, tell him not to be quite so, but we'll, we'll hook you up. Okay, so um, thank you very much. You should have seen the eyes rolling. You know, the way the studio was set up, all I could see actually was Amanda's eyes. Just, In fact, just like three quarters of her eyes over the top of a computer screen. And uh, boy, when you went into the really intelligent, I mean, it was just like... <laughs> She had enough of that. I was going to uh, really ahead. What is her name, Amanda? Amanda Suffolk. All right. <laughs> and 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 who was the uh, the guy Rob, that was involving? I, I actually I, 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 think, uh, I didn't I didn't here. see that. I didn't say that. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I I don't know Rob's last name. Well, we're so, just of course picking. Yeah. We we of course appreciate you know any broadcasting for. You know, Second Amendment and guns and all. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it's kind of cool because it's a it's a Second Amendment show, mm-hmm. terrestrial is, radio. Uh, yeah, it is the real radio thing in a studio, and uh, it's uh, a weekly show, seven to nine on Sunday nights. And so you can check that out. Up, oh, they're calling me right now. In oh, fact. Uh, awesome! Yeah, let's, uh, they won't need to advertise. Yeah, we'll just have to see if we can jump in on that next week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun opportunity. It was a it was a neat thing, and you can check them out on uh, on iTunes. Um, Target thing is the is the name of the podcast, so you can kind of check it out. Unfortunately, last week's show didn't get recorded, so uh, I don't think that'll be up there. But you can check out future shows there on the iTunes. But make sure you also get subscribed to the Gun Nation. Yeah. You know, uh, so we we do now. I have to say that Joe uh, definitely. Uh, anytime he goes off, he mentions the show, and all. we know Paul does that now. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. Yes, Godfather. Yeah. I came to you as a friend. I loved it when you said. I like to. I like to lost it. I thought that was hilarious. But hey, you said call in. <laughs> That's right, man. Get I you did. some. Get some. Plenty of that to go around for sure. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. I I rushed back uh, as fast as I could. We, my son, we're surprising my little boy with uh, uh, tickets to the Martinsville, Virginia race, the NASCAR race. You know, he he enjoys NASCAR, uh, and so you know, it's about. Could, could you be like more from the south? I listen. <laughs> I don't. I, it, I'm not. I mean, it's okay. I, NASCAR's fine, but I, you know, that's not the kind of ra- my favorite racing is. You know, the other stuff, road racing, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, but he he really enjoys it. So we we decided to, you know, have a little bit of a later lunch, and we drove up to get tickets up there, and then we I, I needed to get after. You know, we had our lunch and went up towards the mountains and all that stuff, and you know, we're talking about the Blue Ridge, and um, you know, we drove across that to uh, Mabry Mill. Which is you know, oh yeah, you've seen pictures of Mabry Mill. I'm sure it's the got the um, the water wheel on the side of the of the mill, and uh, Mabry, of course, is uh, <clears throat> partly where they got the word, I guess the name Mayberry from. Which you know, as you go uh, more towards the North Carolina side and then south, you you end up in uh, Mount Airy, uh, North Carolina, which is uh, what Andy that's where Andy Griffith grew up and. Uh, they, he calls that's you know the whole show was based on Mount Airy and they called it Mayberry of course but uh, then you go by Mount Pilot or Pilot Mountain as we call it they called it on the show and uh, I think I put yeah I posted uh, posted a picture on Facebook about the uh, Pilot Mountain there so yeah you did yeah 
But it was uh, it was a nice day. But I thought, man, I got to get back because I think Paul's going to be on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. so I had to get back That's so I could awesome. record it. I was going to record it, uh, you know. And since uh, you know, I actually did record it, <laughs> whereas you know they they did not. I guess they did, but they lost it. You said right? Yeah, they're trying to figure out a way to get it post production recorded. They they were having difficulties with levels on the pre-production recording that the studio could provide. And so they were trying to get a, a, a post-level recording, and it didn't work out. So oh, that yeah. happens. Did they have the Radio Shack um, cassette player? Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were, they were using some kind of a uh, droid or something that was plugged into the wall, into the outlet. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what uh, – yeah, I don't know what the plan was, but it didn't quite work no, out, which is a no. bummer. Well, that's a shame. I wish I'd get back earlier. I'd tape the whole thing. So, not tape. Boy, would they have jumped up and down because they sent me a message saying, "Hey, anybody in your circle get the show recorded?" Only the good part. <laughs> That's right. Well, we can just put that up on the on well, the uh, podcast yeah. for the week. It'd be perfect. Next, next time that yeah, that's right. Next time uh, <laughs> s- somebody like Melody goes to uh, be on like national television, I'm gonna be sitting in the audience. You know, perfect. Hey, I'm sunglasses. Yeah. Collar turned up yeah. on your trench coat. Yeah. Just watching. Hoodie. The whole thing. <laughs> anyway, that was a lot of fun. I thought it was hilarious. I was trying so hard to get on, and I thought, I wonder if I'll be the only caller. And of course, the guy before me was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, he <laughs> is a guy I would envision to be, you know, from like around here. I mean, he what was his final thing? He's a hardcore American. Hardcore American. Hard- America. America. American. Yeah. Floyd was his name Floyd R. Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Joe. Uh, anyway. Well, it was interesting because he was calling in because uh, his his girlfriend mm-hmm. had just previous to the show starting, uh, there was an attempted abduction at some local store, and so mm-hmm. he was calling in to let everybody know. Um, but they hadn't gotten around to calling the police. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. I got an idea. Let me tweet this real. Let, let me let me put this on Facebook real quick. Hold still. Hold hold still. Don't 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 wipe the blood off. Hold still. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, wait a minute. You know, you want to get the word out there, but this happened. You know, sixty or ninety minutes ago, and you I haven't got a, called. Uh, yeah, the I got a question. I, I don't know. You know. Maybe it might was a little bit embellished. I don't know. Maybe, Could maybe be. just a touch. I mean, she parked next to a white van, yeah, and was abducted by a guy in a white <laughs> With van. No I mean, tags. It's almost the same thing, yeah. I, so, and yeah. I don't mean to make light. If it really happened, I, no, you know, I no, just, I just want him to call the police. I, you it, know, if something right. like that happens, don't call the radio show. No, call no. the police. Don't find out what Paul wants to. <sighs> you know what he thinks about it. You need to. Uh... Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of question validity, but who knows? Who knows? Guys, the Glock G43 is a real yeah. deal, baby. The real deal. It's nine millimeter, yeah. single stack, teeny tiny. What? Uh, so, you know, last episode we talked about the p- potential of it being that way. Of course, they came out. I think, uh, gr- um, oh, my mind. Woo. Mass is, he, he actually did a full video explaining it and, Talking about it, and, I mean, you know, wh- wh- what do you say about it? It's a single stack nine millimeter. That's a Glock. I, yeah, I mean, you know, there's I, a handful. I of, was yeah. actually hoping that it was going to be 
the size of a Model 19, but single stack. Hmm. But I guess I can also understand why you know that they were looking to make a pocket pistol because uh, uh, the Ruger uh, LC9 and mm-hmm. the Sig P938 and Smith all of Shield. these other mm-hmm. you know small nine millimeters. Uh, that that's probably the market that they're going after. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and we talked last time about. It basically, you know, people will buy it just due to the yeah. fact that it is a Glock, and uh, with, there's nothing right. wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Um, I might get around to getting one one day. I don't know, but uh, I mean, you know, they've kind of come. How? Let's see. Really, the first one out was like what the Keltec, I think, right? What in the PF9 or something PF9, like that? Yeah, that was the first one, and then I think behind that one. Is uh, I guess was it Ruger next with the LC nine because they just basically copied the. Uh, well, I say that I don't know, you know, I don't have the schematics in front of me, but uh, it pretty pretty much looks like they copied the PF nine, but beefed it up like Ruger normally does. You know, put it on steroids a little bit. I, I, said, I, I the think next? the Sky was next. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Sky, S C C Y Sky. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a double stack, though, right? The sky is it? I've never it's, shot yeah. one. As a matter of fact, we I had actually, a, Go ahead. No, I I I loaned a sky out recently, and uh, just tonight I uh, met up with the person that I'd loaned it to, and and uh, they unequivocally just returned it to me. Yeah, I won't be needing this. Oh, well, why is that? Well, this is just not going to work. Mm. Sorry, they're getting the forty-three. Could be, could yeah. be. Well, you know. Joe, at the gun store, you got you got plenty of forty threes, right? No, <laughs> nobody does. Sold out already. Stop, stop calling and asking. Yeah, <laughs> but a guy called last night. So what time do you? It's about seven o'clock. He said, "What time do you close?" I said, eight. It's great. I got time to get in there. I want to get the forty three. Uh, <laughs> they just think because it comes out. Yeah, <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> and then I had a guy in today. He wanted to. Uh, he he called last night, and we told him we didn't have one, but he came in today. I guess he didn't believe us. Of course. Uh, so he came in today because he wanted to compare the size of the forty three with the size of the forty two, <laughs> and we didn't have that one either. <laughs> uh, that was just a wasted trip, fun. Well, he got to talk to you, though, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, there you go. There you go. Forge, just to chat with me. Well, I, it. You know the forty three again. I think you know. Hey, kudos to them. I Glock is, you know. Of course, they came out with that three eighty first, the forty two, uh, which everybody kept thinking they'd come out with a nine millimeter first. And uh, you know, evidently their marketing powers to be there. Just you know, decided maybe they know more than we do. That's fine. Uh, like you say, you got people calling to you know, and and, and you know, just to get it, the G forty three. So. Well, I think, Doc, you know, they they may have done that from a marketing standpoint, but I was talking with some folks today, Mm -hmm. and I think that there may be some good benefit that came from the release of the 42 first. Mm -hmm. Um, As I've been researching things, apparently there are three different versions of the Glock 42 magazine. They've already had two revisions from the original magazine. Yeah, some some issues. Oh, Related to the trigger bar, it looks like, and, uh-huh. and kind of shaving down the outside of the magazine. And so I'm hoping that they took those lessons that they learned from the Glock 42 and incorporated those into the Glock 43 right off the bat. Now, they are two different guns. Mm-hmm. You know, size-wise, dimension-wise, they're not the same. However, I would imagine there are a lot of similarities in, in 
similar geometrics. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that, that that's going to result in a smoother, an even smoother launch of the 43. I mean, the Glock 42 wasn't perfect, but it also wasn't a, a Remington launch. Oh, and so, God. I was gonna, um, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yeah, beat me to so, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see how many uh, Glock 42s wind up in the used or consignment case. Uh, after the 43. Yeah, maybe you can get a deal on one, you know? Yeah. I, I think that that's absolutely going to be the case. I think we're going to see a lot of Glock 42s change hands. Maybe you know off the top of your head, Joe, what the uh, uh, retail is on the Glock 42, but the 43 is up at 580 for oh, the MSRP. That, uh, we're at 419 on it. Okay. And I, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, we're 419 on the 42. I don't know what we're going to be at on the on the forty three, but it won't be, uh, you know, five eighty. Right. I could see it being like four ninety nine. Okay. I already see forty twos <laughs> for sale on Gunbroker here now as I'm looking at it. However, I would like to say I was not quoting a price, <laughs> so <laughs> don't be calling the gun shop and say, "Well, you know, four ninety nine." Don't know what it will be until we find out what it's going to cost us to acquire it. Well, now, so if uh, if the uh, the Glock forty three or the Glock forty two is not your you know cup of tea, hey man, Heiser's got a new thing out. Yep, it's Ooh, small yeah. too, and it packs a punch. <laughs> Knockdown power. I Knockdown mean, knock power. Down of course, it's the guy power. shooting it that gets makes a lot down. of gun sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> this out of. Uh, Missouri, and we're getting this from uh, Emma Land, our friends over at Emma Land. At the upcoming NRA show in Nashville, Tennessee, Heiser Defense is debuting the new PAK-1 Pocket AK pistol. Yes, in 762 by 39. Hello. <laughs> Woo. As if the 223 was not enough. <laughs> I'll tell you. It says the pistol is uh, the next caliber offering in the Hazard Defense Pocket Pistol family. The Pocket Pistol family currently consists of the PS1 Pocket Shotgun, chambered in four, uh, 45 Long Colt 40, uh, four, with 410, the uh, PAR Pocket AR, chambered in 223, and the Hetty Jane Empowered, Empowered line geared for women. What? I didn't know they had that. Hetty Jane Empowered line geared for women. N- nice. I don't know what that means. I have no clue. Um, so the pistols are multi-caliber with interchangeable barrels. Accessory barrels will be shipping along with the PAK Pocket AK very soon. Consumers can purchase any hazard defense pistols and now have two additional calibers to choose from. And additional calibers will be offered throughout. 2015. Mm-mm-mm. All that quality pocket goodness. Holy cow. I am oh. not going to make a move on the pocket AK doc. I am, you know, the, the 223 or 556 five, offering was nice, but I'm looking for something that's a little bit flatter shooting. <laughs> you know, a 308 would be awesome, like 7.62 by 51, but, you know, I'm waiting for the 6.5 Creedmoor. The Creedmoor is um, always good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I could get a six-five Creedmoor, you know, maybe get a get a four by twenty-six scope on top of that thing. Yeah. Um, 
I think that would, you know, pocket sniper rifle, maybe a shoulder stock that attaches I to it s- that I could carry. Yeah, the shoulder thing know. that goes up, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So and that's what I'm holding y- you up. You know, and, 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 you know, you could you could probably put a nice, um, you know, dot, uh, like a hollow point on the top of it. or I like that. I Is like it, you that. Know, are, you, are you feeling me? I'm feeling you, man. Yeah, okay. And, and, I, and the good news is, is Heiser will do it. Yes. So, yes, they will. They yeah, will. for some reason, I always, I already thought they had a 308. I, they uh, might have a 308. Do they have a 308? Well, I'm, I'm on their website, and I don't see it. But uh, I thought it was something like the Pocket Sniper. Well, that was a 223, I thought. Or were they not so calling it? Joe, uh, the, the, I'm going to throw this out there. 223 is the pocket AR. Well, yeah, okay. So I didn't know if they called it. Well, pocket sniper, it, you come to think they did, I thought. If they don't have it yet, Joe, you still have time. Do you think they'll be calling to... Uh, you can make it happen. To get those now that we've announced Well, maybe that? they'll come out with a pocket 308 and call it the Gun Nation, uh, you know, signature model. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So yeah, you know, come to think of it, I thought they did do a. Th- or we're announcing that while some may question, uh, I'm, I'm reading something else now. The pocket sniper PS three hundred eight will be one. Ra- yeah, yeah. So they did offer. Yeah. I forgot we didn't. Okay. We talked about that before. Before they're just the now. Punch. They're just now offering the AK round. Awesome! Oh my gosh, forty four four hundred forty nine bucks for that thing. Awesome. How much are magazines if you need? Oh, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does does it come with uh, uh, aspirin? Health insurance for the <laughs> neurological damage that you will do to your uh, hand and wrist. I don't know about that. Um, and of course, you know, with that short, 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 short. Did I mention short barrel that's on it? You know, it, it, I could see speeds of at least 400 feet per second. <laughs> at least. Well, they're claiming on the pocket AR 1,400 feet per second. Mm. They said that to my face. They said that to my face. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and then they did not send me a test pocket AR. Now, I don't know what happened in between the moments, between when they said 1,400 feet per second, and then I asked for a T&E gun. I, I can't say what happened there, but yeah. well, uh, a chronograph, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They thought, oh my gosh, this guy'll check it out. Yep. Uh, well, you know, I have to say this though; they are gaining notoriety um, because, yeah, the PS One Pocket Shotgun Pistol has recently appeared on NBC's The Blacklist. Hydra Defense wants the to let the fans of NBC's very popular show, The Blacklist, know that their PS1 sh- pocket shotgun pistol appearing in episode 2, I guess episode, I don't know, it says 282,18. I assume it's... Uh, That's season 2. Season season two. two. Yeah, they, they said episode 18. 2, but it's season 2, episode 18. Uh, the episode is airing April the 2nd, and uh, The Blacklist... Blacklist is uh, fast becoming NBC's number one show with James Spader on it and can be viewed Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. In addition to the Blacklist exposure, the Hazard Defense PS1 pocket shotgun pistol can be seen in the newly released movie, what? Cymbeline, C-Y-M-B-E-L-I-N-E, Cymbeline, Cymbeline. The movie is a gritty update of the Shakespearean play starring Ethan Hawke 
Ed Harris, and Mila Jovovich. Well, it's an update of what Shakespeare play? Well, I think maybe it's of the Must same name. Cymbeline. Cymbeline. Ah, boy, Very that's popular. one that uh, well, didn't come up in my high school and college English I have classes. no clue. Sim- you know, and with the Ides of March just passing us by, it's really a shame we missed that. I- what? <laughs> yeah, the Ides of March. Oh, oh. I, I'm going to spell that for me again, Doc. C-Y-M-B-E-L-I-N-E, also known as Cymbeline, King of Britain, or the Tragedy of Cymbeline, is a oh, play oh. by William Shakespeare set in the ancient, Brit- <clears throat> ancient Britain, in ancient Britain, and based on legends that formed part of the matter of Britain concerning the early Celtic British king, oh, Lord, Cunobeline, C-U-N-O-B-E-L-I-N-E, or Cunobeline. That's that's almost directly off of Wikipedia. Uh, well, I am reading it off oh, of Wikipedia. Okay. <clears throat> um, interesting. So, we're going to have the Hazard Pocket uh, whatever uh, doing Shakespeare now. Okay. I have to say this is the first... I'm going to go out there and say this is the first gun podcast to say pocket shotgun, Heiser, and um, yeah, Shakespeare. William Shakespeare all in the same. Yeah. Well, I've got the oh, IMDb a, uh, uh, page up for it, and it does star, star Ethan Hawke, Ed Harris, uh, Mila Jovovich, John Leguizano, Dakota Johnson, uh, Kevin Corian, Vondi Curtis Hall, uh, and Bill. Pullman. Oh, and Del Rey Lindo. I haven't seen Del Rey Lindo in much since mm. uh, Get Shorty. Yeah. You know, I love the I love the metaphor that they're using though with this Heiser Defense pistol and the fact that they call it a gritty update. You know, just the the parallel between the gritty update and the <laughs> gritty trigger. I think those are are really two beautiful images that I have there. It's literary license, I believe. I believe that's correct. Yeah, yeah literary license. Well, we that literary license should be suspended. Yes. We don't carry them, uh, but we did have four come in on a transfer for one guy. Oh, yeah. And all I can think of is that he's carrying one in each pocket. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> hey, what, what caliber were they in? You know, I uh, didn't really care enough to check. Yeah, I would be like eating my lunch or something. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even bother filling it out on the forty four seventy three. Just left it blank. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a real gun. No. Just or listed it as multi, multi, yeah, multi, multi caliber, <laughs> tiny. Oh my gosh! Well, enough of this, you know, laughing at these things. Uh, let's let's get to some real gun stuff, man. Joe, what you got for us tonight? Well, tonight, and as always, we invite everybody to go over to averagejoeshandgunreviews.blogspot.com, and I know that's a long address, but you should have it saved in your favorites. Uh, you should have it bookmarked. And we're going to talk about the SIG Model 320 in 9mm. Um, scuttlebutt coming out of the Minneapolis Police Department is that they'll soon be transitioning over to the SIG P320. I've been asked by several uh, police officers uh, about what I know about this. And, and what I know about it um, is two things. If the rumor is true then the departmental armorer and training officers like the pistol and uh, as number one and as number two, uh, SIG has given them a bid that fits the chief's budget. Um, but uh, the officers were very concerned because they didn't know 
very much about these pistols and they were a little bit concerned about what they're going to be getting into. So let me cut to the chase. If the rumor is true, everything is going to be okay. The pistol handles well, it's user-friendly, it's reliable, and it's accurate. So what more can you ask for? Yes, it's rather ugly, but I can't say that many of the polymer striker-fired pistols are really works of art. However, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and just like the member of the opposite sex at closing time, once you experience the accuracy of the pistol, it starts to look an awful lot prettier. So, what do you get with the P320? Well, you start off with uh, a 3.9-inch stainless steel barrel or a 4.7-inch model, which is available, uh, as well as a 3.6-inch subcompact. Um, The pistol, as pictured in this review, has an overall length of 7.2 inches and an overall height of 5.5 inches. The slide is stainless steel, and both the slide and the barrel are black nitron finished. Uh, the 320 is chambered in both 9mm and 40, with the 9mm being chosen for my review. It holds 17 rounds of 9mm and 14 rounds of uh, um, 40 caliber if you buy that version. The grips are fashioned from polymer, which helps keep the weight down to 26 ounces. It's a double-action striker-fired pistol with a uh, trigger pull of 5.8 pounds as measured on my Lyman digital scale. The pistol is available with what SIG describes as contrast sights or, on the reviewed pistol, um, SIG SIG light night sights. And uh, I've got both a picture of what those... uh, Sights look like in the daylight and in the dark, and uh, I found the the night the the Sig nightlight sights to be very nice and uh, and bright. Uh, the P320 has been z- designed and manufactured for ease of use and for law enforcement. That translates into the ability to get officers familiar and proficient with the pistol in less time. This is accomplished by producing an ergonomic pistol with fewer and flatter controls. There's no external safety or decocker that the officer must extensively train with in order to build the muscle memory required to make their engagement an automatic physical response. In fact, the only controls are the slide stop lever and the disassembly lever. And speaking of disassembly, unlike many striker-fired pistols, the P320 does not require that the trigger be pulled as part of the takedown process, which is probably the, you know, one of the uh, highest causes of negligent just discharges when people are uh, cleaning their pistol because they forget to empty that chamber. This was uh, actually... Uh, verified for me last night by someone who came in the shop who uh, works for the sleep number bed company uh, in their customer service department. And she said that quite frequently they get people who call up and say that they need a new air chamber for their uh, sleep number bed. And uh, in attempting to determine if that's a warranty issue, they ask the people why. And quite a few people say because I shot my bed while I was cleaning my pistol. So, um, it's very good to have a pistol that doesn't require to uh, require you to have to pull the trigger in order to break down the pistol. The trigger guard uh, and the slight beaver tail 
are nicely undercut to give the shooter a higher grip on the pistol. The trigger guard is spacious enough to accommodate a gloved finger, which will be good news for the Minneapolis police officers since glove weather begins in October and ends in April during most years. The front of the trigger guard is squared off and checkered, uh, and that's due to the fact that in Europe they still like to uh, grip the pistol by using the index finger of the support hand um, and placing that on the trigger guard, even though that's been out of fashion here for mm, almost a couple of decades. The pistol also has the standard tactical accessory rail so that you can hang lights, lasers, Japanese paper lanterns, Christmas stockings, or anything else on it that you want to. Now, when this pistol was introduced, many pundits, including myself, initially looked at the 320 and observed that it was merely the hammer-fired Model 250 in which the hammer-firing mechanism had been swapped out for a striker-firing mechanism. We pro-offered that the SIG lost one of the benefits of the striker-fire pistol, which is a lower bore axis, due to the fact that the slide did not need to sit high enough to accommodate a hammer-firing apparatus. We opined that uh, this would result in greater muzzle flip and... um, had they redesigned the slide and frame to make it proportionate with the size of the striker uh, device, they would have been um, better off. Now, these were undoubtedly true conclusions to draw. Um, however, they're completely of no moment when firing the pistol. Um, that did not play into it at all with the 9 millimeter that I shot. And if you go over to the site and look at the photos of the targets... Uh, I fired 15 rounds of spear, 124 grain gold dot hollow point ammo at 21 feet, and then used 115 grain magtech to, uh, shoot the pistol at 30, 35 and 50 feet, 50 feet, 50 feet. Uh, as expected, the group spread out as the, on the targets as they were extended in distance, but the pistol produced solid hits on every one of them. The accuracy is more than sufficient for self-defense purposes on human-sized targets. Now, I wrote this review with the police officer in mind, since that's where the inquiries about the P320 had originated. But all of the great handling and shooting attributes of the pistol can also be utilized by the non-law enforcement shooter as well. So, Paul, do you see a lot of SIGs come through training? classes we actually we actually do see a a pretty good amount joe um i i would say that the sig pistols are in that third group of guns you know maybe the the fourth group that's the conglomerate of everything else you know we kind of see the the striker fired guns we see the the single action guns and then we see this group of of lots of other stuff and the sigs are, are probably the most popular in that but what we don't see is we don't see a lot of the 320s right now we're seeing a lot of the the traditional double action guns, uh, the yeah. double singles, and that's what's coming through primarily. Like the two two six, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, that's yeah. a very common gun for us to see. And and when we look at this, when I first saw it, you know, I thought to myself exactly what you said in the review was, "Oh, come on, you guys! If you're going to build a striker fired gun, build it from the ground up. Don't take your P two fifty and weld a chunk of metal on the back and stick a striker in it." You know, get the full advantage, but I'm hearing from everyone that shoots them that they are just real sweet shooters. I haven't put my hands on one yet, and I, and I, it's it's getting to the point where I need to now. They're they're becoming that much of a uh, a noticed thing in the firearms world. 
Well, what you're seeing in that not many of them have come through your training classes are pretty much what you're seeing at um, the gun shop. We haven't had too many people, you know, really come in looking for it. When they first came out, yes, we had people that were coming in looking for it. But a lot of people pick that up and then they go over and they pick up the Glock. They pick up an XD. They pick up uh, the HK VZ9, the M&P, or the Walther PPQ. And uh, the VZ9 is just VZ or V9? What am I talking about here? The HK. VP9. VP9, thank you. Uh, the HK VP9 is very popular. We have a difficult time keeping those in stock. It, they're at a great price point, too. I mean, they're a very inexpensive gun in that striker-fired category. And I don't know if that's because um, they are less expensive to make or if HK has just been having that much of a difficult time moving them. You know, they're coming in against firearms that have been in this market space for a long time yeah. and have a lot of following, a lot of accessories. I shot a VP9 this summer. It shot as well, if not better, than my you know traditional Glock, quote, 18, unquote. Mm. And uh, I was very, very impressed with it. But I also don't see a real reason to switch over. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so it would be a keeper, though, right? I mean, sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, like I say... It's not the prettiest pistol um, no. out there. It gets the job done. Uh, but it gets the job done, and it gets yeah. the job done very, very well. So to the police officers in Minneapolis, you're going to be fine. You're going to like the way. It's not a sexy gun, but, you know, it's writing in your very unsexy duty holster, so who cares? <laughs> you know, I think that that actually will play a big role in the firearm becoming more popular and selling. We know whether it's correct or not. What it is that law enforcement tends to do, the yeah. uh, the armed citizen tends to follow suit. And and there's some good reason for that in some cases because it can be a proving grounds for reliability, for durability. Um, you know, accessories get developed as a result of law enforcement contracts. So I think that if we start to see more uh, police departments transition over, we'll see lots more armed citizens make the choice as well. Yeah, and that would be my question right now if Minneapolis is going for for them. Uh, the pistols are good, but I haven't seen a lot of holsters come in that are dedicated to the Model 320. It would, uh, would a 250 holster fit? I would think that it probably would. I and think so it probably would, there. but those... Those pist- those holsters aren't plentiful either. As the mm-hmm. okay. two hundred and fifty is kind of really petered out in terms of popularity. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. I mean, do you see many P two hundred and fifties in in your training classes? I don't know that I've ever seen a P two hundred and fifty. Yeah, in my training classes, I know that I have one student that needs to complete his shooting, Dave, who has a P two hundred and fifty, Dave, but Dave hasn't made it out to the range yet, so. Um, and that's from a couple of years back, actually. So, hmm. but that's the only one that I know of. Well, yet another good uh, potential selection for firearm, and another excellent review from Average Joe. Awesome. Well, now, hey, let's do a little email here. We might finish this thing up on the hour. How about that? <laughs> like I said, oh, Grant's drinking his kombucha, combing his hair. No, not combing his hair. All right, this this from uh, uh, Jewel Verboven 
Uh, Jewel says, uh, sends email, this uh, feedback uh, from the person that thought that ammo could just go off. Uh, yeah, you know, remember we talked about that. Uh, um, <clears throat> we had a, a listener uh, to write in to talk about how uh, they found ammunition, uh, you know, in the out, you know, in a park, and then I guess somebody, had, you know, it was what, what maybe three episodes back, two episodes back. But uh, he says the sport, and, and this is very interesting. It's one of the reasons why I'm bringing it up. The Sporting Arms and Ammunition Manufacturers Institute, which is SAMI, was also concerned about this very topic that we're talking about. So they did some tests and made a video about it. And I've, of course, posted a link on the website. They shot at boxes of live ammo. They shot. They set off blasting caps next to and in boxes of live ammo. They ran a forklift into a pallet of live ammo. They ran over boxes of live ammo with a bulldozer. They roasted 28,000 rounds of ammunition in boxes above a wood and diesel bonfire. And they did the same with 18,000 rounds out of their um, packaging boxes. There was a lot of smoke and fire, but nothing really existing happened. Uh, and, of course, we've got, uh, got the website here. And I, I mean, I mean the, uh, uh, the video here. I watched it. It's pretty informative. It's pretty cool. But it, it's, it's, I guess, thorough enough to, to prove the point that, you know, they're just not going to go off. Um, just, you know. Nine mil roasting on an open fire. <laughs> Man, good singing. Forty slammed with a forklift. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, well, you, you know, Doc, yeah. talking about one of your favorite shows, Mythbusters, mm-hmm. um, did an episode where they looked at that because there had been some story about how uh, a couple wanting to not, not having any place to lock their handgun up kept the handgun and the ammunition for it in the oven. Uh, and eventually a Screwed relative up. was over who didn't know it was in there and turned the oven on. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it uh, you know, went off like a Jiffy Pop popcorn. Mm. And they had a hard time um, determining if that was true. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually they were able to get it to go off, but there were a lot of extenuating circumstances that just wouldn't be there in, you know, the normal residence. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I, after I saw this video and it's a good video, I, I went and I looked at, uh, some of the other stuff out there that's available and, uh, it shows people putting them in a, uh, I want to say it was probably a 50 BMG in a microwave oven and cooking it off and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, well, that sounds safe. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we used to put eggs in a microwave oven. I'm a hardcore American. American. Have, have you done that? Have you ever done that? Put an egg one in, in one? I'm talking about in the shell. Uh-uh. I'll take it as a no. Well, yeah, that's yeah. one of those drinking things that you do in college. <laughs> But we put it in the shell, and usually it explodes in, in, inside the microwave and stinks like forever, but it didn't go off. So we cooked it 10 minutes. It didn't go off. We did it again. It didn't go off. Finally, my roommate pulled it out and tapped it with a spoon. It exploded in its face. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, golly. How much alcohol everywhere. was involved? In uh, enough to to do that. I mean, 
Well, I could see this, uh, you know, showing up in some ill-thought-out um, grade school science projects mm-hmm. that the parents don't know about. Mm-hmm. I brought in mom's microwave oven today, and I'm going to put a box of dad's 38 specials in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of like, you know, don't try this at home, but yeah. hey, whatever. Um, here's an email from, uh, looks like Schuler. Schuler is what it looks like. And I guess it's his last name. Brandon, I think it's his first name. <clears throat> Hello, guys and gals. I was listening to episode 138, and when the electrician wrote in to ask for tips on caring while at work, I decided to write you and this and share with you how I, as an electrician, have finally been able to carry all the time at work. I've tried it all, it seems. In waistband doesn't work. Lots of ab- above-the-head work, and the shirt tends to ride up. Tucking in the shirt will make it print, and customers don't typically like to see that uh, if they are looking up that you are uh, on a ladder that you're carrying. Ankle just plain sucks. It slaps into everything as you're climbing around, and sooner or later, you're going to be in a loud environment, and your coworker will slap you on the leg (laughs) to get your attention (laughs) while you're up on the ladder and feel the chunk of steel or Velcro uh, riding above your boot. Belly bands ride up as your arms move up and down, and they suck in the heat. The deep concealment that rides, uh, the I guess deep concealment holster, that rides below your belt line right next to the, the wedding tackle. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's good. I do remember that one. It's miserably hot, not to mention it doesn't feel good. It's so hot. It's so hot. And don't play nice with a tool belt. So I use an LCP and a pocket holster, and it worked great for years. I wear carpenter pants that usually have deep pockets, not deep enough for a J-frame, and uh, conceal the little 380 very nicely. It's not what I want to carry, but it's what works in typically non-permissive environment when I deal with customers, general contractors, as well as other trade uh, that must not see that I carry. When I get home from work, the work clothes come off and dad clothes go on, and I carry a larger frame in the waistband. Keep up the great work. I look forward to the show every week, and we thank you very much for sending that in. Uh, we appreciate it, and that, okay, so some more, uh, uh, you know, information from an actual electrician. We we talked about that safe packer or whatever it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I might want, I, you know, that would be just nice to have one of those. I think. Let's see if I can't get one and just uh, play with it for a while. I'll carry it around. Oh, uh, some more information there. That's good. Thank you. Here's one Paul likes. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Open carry of handguns will be a reality January 2016. Before you get your panties in a wad <laughs> about open carry, understand that most of us here would like open carry mostly to give the CHL carrier more flexibility if their firearm is revealed. This is the consensus I've gathered from my unscientific poll amongst fellow gun carriers and gun advocates here. With that being said, there will be a few times when I carry openly, and I would like to do so as as safely as possible. And I believe part of the safety equation is having the right holster for open carry. Do you guys have any recommendations for holsters which may be appropriate for the following carry, open carry with the following firearms? Glock 19, Ritter SP 101, 
uh, Ruger GP100, Smith & Wesson Shield. Thanks, Alex. And thank you, well, Alex, for writing in. Let me uh, just say what Ian would say if he was here. Flap holster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been working on a new rig uh, that hopefully we'll have to market soon. And, and what we've done is uh, on the bottom of the Hornady Rapid Safe, which is a, about a 18-pound safe, there's four holes, and if you uh, use <laughs> bolts and some steel strap, you can get that on your belt. Yeah. Um, wear the wristband on your opposite wrist. That way you can use that to activate the RFID and open the safe. Oh, and I think man. that would be an appropriate way to open carry your handgun. Um, so how do you really feel, Paul? <laughs> yeah, right. I, you know, I, I guess I just don't understand why there's this continued desire. I mean, the the email, the fellow that wrote the email states it right up front. Mm-hmm. You know, I primarily believe that open carry should be for the concealed carrier so that they don't have a problem should there be an error in concealed carry. You, you know, as the electrician mentioned, he reaches up to the, you know, change a light bulb to work on a ceiling fixture, whatever the case might be. The gun comes uncovered. Well, that's a mistake. We don't want that to happen. You reach up to get a box of cereal. The gun comes uncovered. We have to, just like the electrician did, find ways to carry that those mistakes don't happen. But the reality is, is that over time, eventually, to just about everyone, they do happen. But to carry intentionally open, I just don't understand the purpose unless you're at the range yeah. where everyone's carrying. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Especially when you can get, you know, the permit. I mean, I'm... Right, right. Uh, now, 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 now so, again, so, yeah. so let's let's take that, Doc. You know, if you're in a situation where you, for some reason, cannot get a permit, and the only way you can carry a gun is to carry it openly, and you feel like you need to have that gun, okay. So now we're looking at another valid reason for open carry. Do so with discretion. Do so, you know, as appropriately as possible. And if you're if you're really asking for holster holster recommendations, go to your local law enforcement agency. Find out what holster they use to carry mm-hmm. openly. There's a reason why they're carrying their guns openly in level three retention holsters. There's a reason. Yeah. And get you yourself know, a Safari Land. Get yourself something that's and I'm not talking any Safari Land, I'm talking level three. Right. And that's that's the minimum. Well, you know, Masada Yub has uh has talked about this before, open carrying, and I forgot I guess it was on Backwoods Home on this blog or yeah. <clears throat> but they actually showed pictures of him and he had discussed I forgot which. It was basically uh, maybe it was uh, like a, the size of a Glock 19, possibly uh, maybe bigger. I don't know, but uh, it showed him standing in line at a counter to pay for you know food or a drink yes, or whatever. I've seen. That. And then he take he take he has his gun in his holster. I think it's in the waistband, and he he basically is talking about. You know, you take you still, even though it's open carry, you want to kind of keep it as non-visible as possible. And um, you know, the, the way he had it was it was in the waistband, and of course, you just see the top of it, basically. And uh, he showed it like on the side, like he's standing with the gun the, to the counter. So the person coming in the door, or the person that's. Uh, uh, Basically, on that side, which is to the open part of the store, does not know or see that he has it. Um, so, you know, it's open carry, but it's it's still quite guarded and, and hidden as possible without being, you know, illegal. But, uh, you know, so as far as holsters go, 
what he's saying, and I'm agreeing with you, Paul, wholeheartedly, um, <clears throat> you know, that really conceals the way to go. But if you were to do it, then in essence, what's going to happen is you've got, uh, you, you know, basically have a um, situation where you want to still kind of try to hide it. So in the waistband would work pretty good, I think, as far as that goes. But <clears throat> the thing about it is, it's just like Paul says, it's if if you've got to find, you know, methods that are – you know, because you can't, you're scared somebody's going to take it, then just carry it in a standard open top without a, you know, thumb strap and, and you know, none of that needed. And, and you know, get your concealed carry permit or whatever and carry the, you know, concealed. Um, and, and with most inside the waistband holsters, you know, getting creative about how you dress, you can cover that you know you've got the essentially the grip and maybe a little bit of the uh um hammer or striker housing showing you can find shirts that will come over that Mm -hmm. it's not that difficult yeah exactly exactly very true appendix carry yep gosh who was that holy crap it's ian (laughs) he finally made it i'm sorry i was late out at the range today well that's okay um, yeah, it was, sounds like fun. It was totally worth it too. I don't have any regrets about being this late. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in conclusion, Doc, another great show. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> but since you're here, Ian, uh, yes, you were going to talk about the uh, what was it we were talking? We saw on uh, a gigantic cannon. Yes, big boom. <laughs> what big was that all boom. about, man? Uh, that was a T-124E2, and it was actually the last anti-tank gun designed and uh, sort of adopted by the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 50s, uh, kind of right before they realized that you could have like an 8,000-pound gun with a six-man crew that you know shook the earth when it fired, or you could have two guys with a missile. And uh, <laughs> they'd both pretty much do the same thing. So they built about 100 of these guns. And then finally, they, they kind of came to the conclusion that they were obsolete before they really totally finished the development. Um, so, of course, you know, they had that T in the name. Um, it hadn't been finalized. It wasn't a, a, an issue weapon yet, and they scrapped it. So most of them ended up as monuments at various parks and historical sites. And there's I think there's only one in the country that's actually live, and mm-hmm. it happens to be owned by uh, Dangerous Bob a guy out here in Arizona who does a bunch of cannon-type work. Uh, he and his buddies have a number of things like that that occasionally get brought out to the range. And I happened to be lucky enough to be there one day when they were test-firing this thing. Awesome. So, yes, five pounds of uh, powder. <laughs> five per, pounds of powder. Per shot, yeah. Now, how much does it, how much does it weigh? Oh, you know what? Uh, I will have to look that up. If you it's were inter- to guess... Well, hold on. There is data available. It will just take me one moment to find. Um, <laughs> it, there's not a, actually there's not a ton of information on these things because they never did actually make it into formal military service. But uh, a place called Lovett Artillery has one and has the specs on them. It is almost there. Uh, crap. So a place called Lovett Artillery has one, and then they don't list the details about it. So I have no idea. It's heavy. It's pretty big. It's about the size of a German uh, flak se- or um, Pack 40, 75-millimeter gun. Um, 
So, yeah, it's uh, it's a big piece of equipment. So how yeah. how how I, I saw all of the video, right? I mean, mm-hmm. do you have that? You have that video on full thirty or both full thirty and YouTube? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> and um, so, how many times did they actually fire the thing? Once while I was there, just the one time. Yeah, yeah, five got- pounds of powder. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little pricey. Uh, yeah, I think they're they're in the process of restoring the gun, uh-huh. and uh, I believe this was just a, a test fire at that point. Is this something that you're looking to procure? No, not so much. Um, I don't believe I actually own a vehicle that could tow it. So yeah, <laughs> man. But well. yeah, it, it's really cool that I wound up uh, in reasonably close proximity to these guys because. They have all sorts of interesting stuff. Man, I hear you. Yeah. Pretty cool. Speaking of the cannon, who was it? Paul, was it you? Somebody put on face Facebooks. Uh, no, it was Grant uh, talking about um, there was an accident, I think, a guy had with one of those little mini yeah. cannons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. New I Zealand. I, was it? Uh, yeah, it was a Kiwi. Uh, left it loaded. Was wheeling it off the back of the truck, and it it detonated, and uh, his face was in front of the the barrel. Crikey, something like that. That couldn't yeah. have ended well. No, no. Mm. Quickly, not well, but quickly. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, I'm not Bummer. looking to to get any cannons. I don't know that it would even be all that fun. I remember it wasn't too long ago they had one on. Um, oh yeah. Pawn Stars or something like that, where a guy brought it in and was. And I don't normally watch Pawn Stars, but they were having that on, and they they teased it, and I thought, well, I'll see what that is. And they fired it, and I mean, I guess it's like anything else. If you just want something unique and different, you know, to have. So if I were going to get into cannons for the fun of having one, uh I would be looking at either a twenty-five millimeter Pateau or any number of thirty-seven millimeter guns. Um, those things are actually small enough that you know one person can like grab the trail and and move them around a bit. Yeah, you could hook them up behind something even as small as an ATV. Um, and the, the they're not really all that high pressure. Well, the Pateau is kind of high pressure. Most of the thirty seven millimeter stuff is fairly low pressure. There's not a lot of danger involved. Uh, they're just cute guns. <laughs> That's awesome. The the range that I I run my courses at the the owner has a lot of really neat stuff and one of the things he has is a museum quality thirty seven millimeter Swiss artillery piece. Uh, you oh, you'd probably know more about it from my description just there than I do from seeing it <laughs> fired multiple times. Ian, but uh, uh, I have a video the, of one of those up actually. Yeah, so he has <laughs> his projectiles hand turned from brass for him. Okay, um, when he when he loads them up. Um, his his uh, significant other always gets frustrated because the pillows disappear because he's got to stuff the cases with you know some kind of packing and it usually ends <laughs> up being her favorite pillow. Um, but they the thing is a hoot and a half to shoot. I mean it, it it's just amazing. A lot of fun. Those Swiss guns are fantastic quality. Uh, now are you sure it's Swiss or is impressive. it Swedish? Um, it's it's Swedish, Swiss. I know I, I said Swiss because that's what I believed it to be, but it could be sweet. I don't know. I'll Most have to lick it and see if it tastes sugary and gummy. You know, I don't know. Most likely, it's a Swedish Bofors gun. Hmm, okay, I'll um, check on it next time I'm up. Okay, a batch of those came into the country, and it's you know it's kind of interesting comparing them to like the equivalent U.S. guns because mm-hmm. the U.S. guns are crude and simplistic by comparison. 
the German guns of the era of that size are way overly complicated. The American guns are like almost embarrassingly crude. And the Swedes had this perfect balance of they've got just enough widgets built into the gun that it's really nice to shoot and it's a very effective gun. But they didn't overdo it to the point that they're really hard to make or impossible to maintain. Yeah, I'll get some pictures next time we're out. In fact, I actually uh, I'll probably dig through and see if I can uh, send you something tonight and and maybe you can figure that out. It's pretty neat. Pretty neat stuff. Yes. You should shoot it next time you're out there. We'll we'll put the um, put the link to the, of course, full 30 where you've got it on uh, up to to see that. That was pretty cool to watch that. Cool. Thank you. Interesting note, Full30 yep. now allows embedding of videos. Awesome. We'll just embed it so, on the site then. Yep. We'll give you a little iframe code when you look at the video next to the, the Twitter and Facebook sharing thing. Awesome. I'm yeah. liking it. I'm liking yes. it. Yeah. We'll do that then. Sweet. Full30. I like Full30, period. There's other it stuff is. over there too. It um, is growing by leaps and bounds. It really is. Maybe we all ought to get some kind of video thing going for the Gun Nation. and. <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys are really all that photogenic. Uh, yeah, I have De- a face that's just fine for radio. Yeah, that's De- definitely not Doc. Anyway, okay, Grant's hair. Wait a minute. Wait, here's 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 Ian telling us no, and he's on videos. So I, ergo, that means that he's fine. We're not. So okay. Uh, Paul does videos. Yeah, and Grant has. Yeah. Hair, so. Yeah. You gonna do them from your new studio in the shower? Oh no, I no. can't do it in there. No. Okay, okay. Not enough room. Hey, I just I just came across this. Um, before we go, this is funny. Los Angeles Police Department in standoff with Call of Duty statue. <laughs> That's a little bit old, isn't it? Is it? This is 2015, yeah. March 24th. Well, then it's happened before. Uh, has yeah. it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it has. In in fact, it happened at uh, one of the offices of, uh, EA, of either THQ or Activision and EAA. Yeah, that's hilarious. But it, <laughs> mostly in in retrospect for the guys who were involved in it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I see. This is just posted now. Somebody just uh, not posted on Facebook, but on a, this web page. Uh, it, it looks like the video uh, it, it says five thirty two thousand thirteen. Yeah, so it has yeah, it's that, probably the same one. Right. But I, I did not know that. I did not know that was the case. It's hilarious though. I bet oh, they yeah. felt really good afterwards. Want <laughs> yeah. I know it. I need to get one we of can't those. Get him to answer the phone. <laughs> hey, he hasn't moved in thirty five minutes. What's going on? <laughs> How does he just crouch like that? Well, that's funny. Anyway. The issue, as I recall, was that they had a mannequin basically totally decked out in yeah. high-speed, low-drag gear with a big old AR. Yeah. And someone saw it and freaked out and called the police. So, yep. So, yeah. I did not know that. That is hilarious. Whoops. Yeah. rut row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, anyway. Well, you know, like I said, it was going to be short since Grant wasn't here, so uh, it's shorter tonight. Not bad. Not bad. And Ian jumped in there at the end, so we got in the fun about the... Cannon, uh, which guys got coming up? Uh, Paul, you've got your training. You got Grant coming yeah. your way, man. Yeah, Grant's coming in June. I got William April coming at the end of April, which is going to be a cool class. William April, Doctor William April, smart dude, criminal psychology. Um, we'll be talking about what it is that 
you know, makes the mind of a, a violent criminal tick? You know, what is it? We all we often think that criminals don't play by the rules. They do. Mm. They just aren't our rules, you know, and, right. and we don't get it. And so it's harder to defend yourself, to protect yourself, to anticipate what somebody is that's operating under a whole different system. So we're going to take a look at that. And you can find out about that at ssa.training forward slash unthinkable. Mm. It's going to be a great class. Yeah. Well, Ian, what you got coming up? I am going to have a whole slew of actual shooting videos for a change. Some of the stuff I was just out doing today. Awesome. Um, the most notable one being an 1898 Schwarzlosa uh, standard model pistol, which, frankly, somebody needs to start making reproductions of. Because uh-huh. they're, you know what, in some ways they are as modern or better than stuff being produced right now. Hmm. So. Well, better than the R51. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I wasn't considering that as my benchmark, but uh. <laughs> we got to work it in, though. Uh, and Joe, what you got? Some more? Uh, what you got coming up as far as guns go? Oh, I've got an FN nine long slide uh, Browning high power, uh, a whole slew of of uh, CZ stuff, um, a uh, shadow. Uh, a Model 97 45 ACP that was worked over by Cajun Gunworks and um, possibly the ugliest CZ ever made, the Model 83 um, in 380. Oh, you mean 38. That's the ugly one. Uh, the 83 and the 82 are basically the same gun and they look kind of nice. Right. Yeah. Well, not to me. They look like squirt guns I had when I was a kid. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know. <laughs> if you haven't seen a, a 38, it will redefine CZ ugly. <laughs> okay. Um, but nonetheless, uh, from a functional standpoint, it's probably one of the best 380s out there. Um, it was discontinued uh, several years ago, which uh, I guess you can kind of understand. The, the market in 380s was going to micro, not uh, – um, service pistol size Hmm. and you know there'll be more surprises uh, as we go twists and turns maybe you'll even jump in there and take one of those glock 43s that you've got you know multitudes of at the how many do you have left in stock joe none Uh, we've never had any (laughs) (laughs) so they sold out quick then oh yeah you gotta line up at the truck (laughs) i know what you're doing you're just holding on to them and you just Keeping them when for people himself. just go nuts, you're going to gouge price yeah. gouge. Yeah, yeah, because Glocks are very collectible. <laughs> <laughs> How many price. times do you hear that? I I hear that a lot from people. Yeah, I mean that's say, I'm asking the legitimate hey, I, question. How many times do you hear it? You know, I want I want to sell this rare Glock that I have. You know, give it time. Yeah. It will be. That's the truth. Oh my gosh. All right, guys. Been a good show. Ian, glad you could make it in. Um, you know, we... Yeah, sorry was, I was late. Nah, that's all right. You came at the right time. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Melody was not with us tonight. She'll probably be on next week. And uh, Grant wasn't, and uh, he's probably preening his hair, so, uh, you know. <laughs> I think he was getting a, a permanent tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. All right, guys, we'll uh, catch you next time. Uh, say good night, Paul. Good night, Paul. <laughs> Anybody else? Ian. Good night, Paul. Yes, good night, Paul. All right. Good night, Moon. <laughs> good night. <laughs>
That's going to do it for this episode of the Gun Nation. Thanks for listening to the program. Pay a visit to the webpage at gunnation.us for all things Gun Nation and for all of the talent on this show's webpages and contact information. Until the next episode, stay armed, stay polite, and happy Easter. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.